the annual GM survey, kind of nice towards the Pelicans. Plus, it's a game day here in New Orleans in the Smoothie King Center as the Pels take on the Orlando Magic. We're going to break it all down in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's do this. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day, free and five days a week for you all on all platforms. No one else coming to you like that. And I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Wednesday, a game day for your New Orleans Pelicans. That's kind of cool to say. Here in the Smoothie King Center, home preseason opener, they're taking on the Orlando Magic. We're going to talk about that in the second and third segments of today's show. What am I watching for? What do we want to see in this game? But first, I want to lead off talking about the annual GM survey. This comes out every single year. It's a good way to kind of get a read on the league and what some of the top decision makers and or their aides, who they're just kind of like passing this off to a little bit, kind of like the coaches poll. The coaches don't always fill that out themselves like an assistant does it. Anyway, you kind of get that here and it can give you kind of just a good reading of the tea leaves around the league and what some people think about other teams. And honestly, it's kind of kind, I guess is the best way to put it, towards the New Orleans Pelicans, more so than, say, ESPN and a lot of the national media people were. And this is coming from people inside the league. And look, they picked that they would start a team with Luka Doncic over Giannis, which I think is crazy. But this still also says what a lot of in the NBA people think about this team. So a couple of just quick highlights from it. Zion got votes for player you'd start a franchise with. So if you threw all the players into a pool and you had the number one overall pick, who would you who would you select? It went Luca, then Giannis. It should definitely be the other way around. I don't mind Luca two, but it should have been Giannis one. But Zion got votes in there. How many votes? It doesn't really say. Probably not a ton, but certainly he's at least in there and on people's minds. And no, David Griffin couldn't vote for his own players. That's part of the rules. You can't do that. You know, when you look at guys who are going to have a breakout season, which was kind of funny to this is Zion got votes as if last season wasn't a big enough breakout and they're expecting greater things, which if he can hit that, sign me up for that. The the one that made me laugh, man, and just tells you that the the perception around this guy around the league is just so wrong is is Lonzo Ball. I cannot imagine what he what would a breakout season look like there with a guy like Zach Levine with a guy uh, like Vucevic, with a guy like DeMar DeRozan, how does he fit on that team, right? Like he's going to pass the ball and that's it. He's not going to score. He's not going to – I don't even know if he's going to get all those shots from three that he wants on a roster like that, but they kind of think he might have a breakout season, which is kind of weird. The Pelicans don't show up on the list of teams that made – that had the best offseason, made the best moves this offseason, but they seem to get a lot of love for some of the individual decisions that they did. Jonas Valanciunas came in as one player who might have the biggest impact on his new team. What what free agent signing is going to have the biggest impact? And he got votes. It's kind of weird that they're going to look at New Orleans and say they don't have, they didn't have a good offseason, 
but still say that these guys are making an impact and also getting votes for New Orleans this offseason was the acquisition of Devontae Graham, calling it one of the more underrated acquisitions, also one of the more surprising acquisitions. When you kind of put those two things together, it kind of looks like GMs thought New Orleans had overall like a solid offseason. Was it enough to kind of put them in the top five offseasons? Maybe not, but did they make good moves? Seemingly so. You know, we looked at this and we're like, oh, this could have been a, you know, a bit of a disaster. I think people around the outside of the league did, right? And media circles seemed to think New Orleans had a terrible offseason. I don't think it was the best, but I don't think it was disastrous. Yeah, they missed out on their top targets, but they still got solid players. And there's something to be said for just getting in good basketball guys. Valanciunas is going to be one. It looks like Devontae Graham is going to be one as well. Well, and then you see that they even mentioned that Trey Murphy, you know, he was tied for the fourth biggest steal of the draft. He looked the part in summer league. He looked the part the other night on Monday in the first preseason game going six of 10. We're going to talk about him more coming up later in the show. And overall, it adds up to the Pelicans being fourth in most improved. So they don't love the offseason ton, but they see that this team has definitely improved. And that's what I've said. They're better than they were last year. And while... National media doesn't seem to think so. I've thought that. How much so, I don't know. But most people locally, and when you really look at this team, like, yeah, they're better than they were a year ago. And as much flack as I give David Griffin, ultimately that's what you're looking for him to do. You'd like it to be maybe more so than what they've done incrementally, but also it looks like this team could be in position to take a bigger leap than maybe I was expecting. And then surprisingly, Willie Green got no votes for like new or relocated head coach kind of shows you that he wasn't a flashy hire but the Pelicans didn't really need a flashy hire they just needed someone to do the work and to get through to these players and again by all accounts the early returns on Willie Green have been really really good and this seemed like the right decision for New Orleans no doubt about it especially after Stan Van Gundy so not getting love there which is a little bit surprising but that's also fine don't need a flashy head coach and maybe that's a very good thing for New Orleans. So there you go. The also of note, and this was one thing that I was thought was a little bit surprising, but after a down year, maybe not so much. Pelicans were tied for third in most promising young core. They were first last year by a good bit. Really dropped this year. That's a losing season. That's what's going to do it. Zion himself should prop that all up, right? But we'll see if, you know, this is going to come down to Nikhil Alexander Walker, someone we're going to talk about later in today's show too. So there's still a lot of love for New Orleans from people inside the NBA working in the league, more so than people outside of the league that just cover the league. So which ones you believe, maybe that tells you a lot, right? These guys are media people. They're not people in the league, but the GMs in the league and people in the front offices filling this out seem to think not not like overly highly of New Orleans, but like solid job New Orleans is kind of what I my, my takeaway was from the GM survey. So if you're looking at this offseason and thinking it was a disaster, People in the know in the league weren't really thinking that. And I think that kind of says a lot about the work that David Griffin did this offseason to try and make this team better. So coming up, game day here in New Orleans in the Smoothie King Center. What am I watching for? What do we want to see in this game? We'll talk about that over the next two segments coming up here and get you prepped for tonight. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by the Sweat Block Antiperspirant Wipes. There's a couple things in life that just aren't fun to talk about, and one, in, one of them is excessive sweating. You know, when you're basically sweating through your shirt for no reason. It's embarrassing. It happens. It's something you've got to deal with. 
And it's never a fun thing whether you're given a presentation, you're at a big meeting with a client and you're sweating through your shirt and now you're kind of like thinking about it and it's throwing you off your game. God forbid you're at a wedding at a first date, something like that. Not a fun situation to be in, but there's a secret weapon to this and it's the sweat block antiperspirant wipes. Sweat block is stronger, more effective than most clinical antiperspirants and you simply apply it at night before bedtime. Go to sleep next morning, you wake up, wash, go about your day, not worrying about sweat at all. It's guaranteed too, because these things work for up to seven days per use and they have the dry shirt guarantee. So if sweat block doesn't keep you dry, you get your money back. They're doctor created, doctor recommended, and they're the number one bestseller in the Amazon antiperspirant category. I don't know what more you need than that, plus the 13,000 five-star reviews for them. So give them a try by going to sweatblock.com and you can get 20% off your next order uh, using promo code, our promo code locked on or at Amazon or CVS. But look, you don't need to give them your money. Go get it a little bit cheaper over at sweatblock.com when you use the promo code locked on. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by Sleeper Game Picks. Look, fantasy basketball can be a bit of a drag at times. I usually, I'll be honest, lose interest halfway through the season. I'm tired of setting my lineup every single day. Look, if my guys are, you know, just not playing many games, they have a two-game week, you're probably going to lose. And that's what the, the fantasy experts at Sleeper realized. They realized that games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. There's no strategy to it. There's not a whole lot of sense. You just set your lineup and go. Like, that's not fun. That's not what you want to do. You're a small basketball person that wants to use their sports knowledge here. So Sleeper in 2020 released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Picks, and it's only available on the Sleeper app. This one's simple. You pick one single game per week for each starter to count towards your team's total. One game. you got to decide which one. That's where the strategy really comes in. Are you going to look at the opponent's defensive rating? Are you going to look at the pace of your players and are they getting more chances in an upbeat offense? Are you looking at matchups, home versus away? All of that. So there's a lot more strategy. And whether you prefer a redraft keeper or dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. So download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends. You will not be disappointed in the most strategic version of fantasy basketball out there with Sleeper. All right. Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day, free and five days a week, available on all platforms. For your second listen, check out the Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast. We're deep into the WNBA playoffs. It's the semifinals. We're gearing up towards the finals. They've got you covered on everything. The games have been really fun, really compelling with some amazing players out there. So make sure you check out Locked On Women's Basketball for your second listen today. Um, So talking about the Pelicans and their first, sorry, first preseason home game, second preseason game overall. I'm excited to be back in the Smoothie King Center. Full crowd restrictions lessened a little bit. Oh, this is going to be so nice. It's going to be like back to normal. And I'm excited because despite the loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves the other night, We saw a lot of good things. So what are we watching for in this game? And there's a couple things. We're going to look at team-specific things right now and then individual players coming up next. You know we're going to be talking about Nikhil. We're going to be talking about Trey Murphy and some others too. But what are we looking for on a team level? I think first and foremost, I want to see how this team comes out. They came out sloppy, you know, not really valuing the ball, making really dumb decisions, kind of looking like the Pelicans of old. You watched that game on Monday night, that first half, you weren't feeling good, were you? 14 turnovers in the first half, just looking like things have always been here in New Orleans. But then they really started to ramp it up in the second half. They had four turnovers the rest of the way. That's really good, right? And almost 20 minutes of action, uh, over 20 minutes of action. I like that. That's what you really want to see 
from this team, but can they come out that way? Despite the fact that there were good performances, they had a good second half, they made this game close. Did Willie Green really drill it into these guys the way you need to play, valuing the basketball, not making stupid turnovers that lead to easy transition buckets for your opponent? And the Minnesota Timberwolves had a lot. And if they come out looking just mentally there, focused, sharp, I think that says a lot about Willie Green getting through to this team. This isn't them just tuning it out, being like, whatever, it's preseason, but them realizing the importance of everything they're doing and the process that they're going through as a team. And I'm excited by the idea that, yeah, they might come out looking different. That was my number one thing I said in Monday's show. I want to see this team look different. And for the first half, they, they didn't to an extent. Look different this time, right? Know what you're doing. Look well coached. Start to figure it out. Those are things that I'm going to be watching for. Are you just going to chuck it away on an inbounds on just like a stupid decision? Or are you really paying attention and taking every moment you have out there on the court seriously and not even caring if it's preseason or not? That's what I want to see out of this team. I actually think we're going to see that from them. I'm pretty optimistic about that. The other thing I'm looking for in this game, are they coming out with the same starters? Are we going to see Garrett Temple out there? Are we going to see Thomas Sadoransky play more minutes than Kyra Lewis Jr.? For this game, I would not be surprised if you roll with the same starters. Though you might see Valanciunas in there because he is probable for this game after sitting out the last one with just kind of that minor finger injury. He might be a starter in there, but are they going to go with everyone else? Is the rotation going to kind of be the same? Is Nikhil basically coming off the bench and being the star of that second unit? I think for a second game, they may before making some changes. They've only had one week of training camp before going into preseason, which is kind of nuts to think about. You definitely need more time to learn about your team, figure your team out. And so they're using preseason as kind of extended training camp. But you also need more than one game's worth of data to kind of figure things out, right? Some of those lineups played like two, three minutes together, and that's it. It might take a second game's worth of of trying those things to kind of feel comfortable to make changes or if something's working or something's not working. And so you might see the same things again and want to make kind of jump to conclusions about what this team is doing, but I'm urging you don't do that just yet. Now, maybe things come out and are completely different and this is moot, but if it comes out the same that you see Garrett Temple starting and he didn't have a good game on Monday, it might just be they want to have a little bit of continuity for some guys before making changes in the you know third and fourth game and then maybe doing something completely different in the fifth. I would not be shocked if that's what they're doing. You know, with these games coming so quick on the heels of one week of training camp, it's tough to really kind of figure things out that time. You just need to use these games for what they are, exhibition games. So don't read too much into what you're seeing, but it might start to give us an idea a little bit of what Willie Green's thinking, but it really might not be until the third game that we know if that's going to be the case or not from him. But is Nikhil starting? He was really good, right? Is Trey Murphy starting? He was really good. Those are the kind of things I'm looking at. If all of a sudden one of those guys is in the starting lineup, that might be where it's like, oh, okay, Willie Green really wants to try them there, and maybe that's the way that he's going to go with it. But we'll see. It's going to be worth watching the minutes of some of these guys to see. Are people trending up or down even in the second preseason game? Could that mean something? Could it not? We'll see. It's going to depend on the starting lineup, and we'll find out what that's going to be tomorrow. But those are really kind of like the biggest things I want to see. Also, can we get some good out-of-timeout plays from Willie Green? 
Bain, who really did that um, in the first game, using Herb Jones just like he did in Summer League. That was pretty fun. I'd like to see some more creativity from him and just easy buckets out of timeouts because Pels are probably going to be in close games this year, and we want them to do exceptionally well if that's going to be the case. So coming up, let's look at specific players. Nikhil, what do we want to see from him? Trey Murphy. Herb Jones is another name I just mentioned. Let's dive into the team coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever as all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season. we got weeks in now, and you're starting to get an idea of who's good and who isn't. And as always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. But they've got way more than that. Basketball futures, you want to bet on the WNBA playoffs, the semifinals here, you can do all of that there. And with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and fun contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football, basketball, and all of your sports betting. So head to the website using your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. And don't forget, use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. You pop in a thousand bucks, you're getting $500 right back to you. It's like you've already doubled, you know, not doubled your money, but big, big bonus right there. Won a couple of bets. That's a big deal. Go take advantage of that. Whether it's football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports favorites. Bet online where the game starts. So, Thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. As I said early, make sure your second listen is Locked On Women's Basketball as they cover deep into the WNBA playoffs here, soon to be the finals. It's been great to kind of catch up and see what's going on around the league as I've developed a deeper appreciation for it. And Locked On Women's Basketball has been a huge, huge part of that. So make them your second listen. Also free in five days a week. No one's coming to you like that. So make sure you check it out and subscribe to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcasts and here on YouTube as well. So, game day here in the Crescent City as the Pelicans take on the Orlando Magic in the Smoothie King Center. We knew about the guys who had good performances the other night, and those are the people I want to see have good performances again because they're going to need those guys to really step up. Nikhil with a 22-point game, being aggressive, getting downhill, creating for others. I want to see that again. I want to see the shooting be as good, the finishing around the rim be as good as it was in the first game. He's been hit or miss with that. But he was 7 of 13 in game one. Can he shoot close to 50% in game two? Can he get, I don't know, 40% of his threes in this game? That only is like one more for him to hit. If he does that and starts to do it consistently and show that he's improved in those areas, I dig it. They need him to take a step forward this year. They really, really do. And he showed he's capable of it in game one. You've got to do it, though, in game two. Cannot be peaks and valleys, similar to Lonzo Ball, right? You just, when you just didn't know what you were going to get from him on a game-to-game basis. We need to know what uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker is going to give the Pelicans on a game-to-game basis. We need to get a good baseline that like averages here, and he needs to be above here. It doesn't need to be super, super high above it. But he needs to be above it, and it needs to be consistent because the Pelicans really are relying on all of this internal growth, and he's a big, big part of that, maybe the number one part of that. I'm also looking at Brandon Ingram. He was zipping around on the defensive side of the ball. I didn't really talk about him much because he just had kind of a quiet, efficient, like, B.I. game, 14 points on 5 of 9 shooting. That was great. But he looked like 
different on defense. He looks a little bit slower from some of the weight he's maybe put on. He's still kind of just trying to play in this almost like new body of his. But he was hustling on the defensive side of the ball in a way that we never really saw from him before. And in a way that you could have almost excused with it being game one of preseason. He does it again here. We're going to start to believe that all of that talk he had on media day could be a very, very real thing. I don't care about the shooting of the offense from him. Are you going from point to point with a purpose and knowing where the ball is defensively? That's what's going to make me really excited about the way that he could play. And then Trey Murphy, is he going to be in the starting lineup? How are they going to use him again? Is it going to be more as a three-point shooter? Are they going to let him have a little bit more freedom, particularly maybe if Nikhil's starting and he's on the second unit? How are they using him again? And is he going to rain it from three? If he does... Like, he's a lock for significant minutes. If he goes through the normal rookie stuff of up and down or the shooting, he's going to be in the doghouse, out of the doghouse, in the lineup, out of the rotation. This is a chance for him to really solidify a spot. A good shooting night's going to do it. It's going to make everyone really, really excited. And then finally, I'm looking at two, two other guys, both Alabama players. Kyra Lewis Jr., what's his role? I thought he was really good. In the first game, at one point scored seven or eight straight points, finished with nine points on the night, five rebounds, two assists. He was excellent, and he's so fast, and we need him to take charge of that kind of backup point guard role eventually, but they played Tomas Sadoransky more than him. Sadoransky didn't, didn't do a ton, did dish the ball a little bit during that, but they're going to need more than just a guy to be a connector. They need a score there, and that's going to be Kyra Lewis Jr., so you get more run than Sadoransky does, and then... How do they use Herb Jones? Is he going to be more at center in this one, given that Jackson Hayes is day-to-day, and I don't know if he's going to play in this one um, after that nasty ankle roll? Are they going to use him at center and go really small, and could that be a really, really fun lineup to see? Those are the things I'm going to be watching for in this game, which means we get to break it all down tomorrow. Whether it's going to be a win or a lose, we're not looking at that in preseason. We're looking at the overall process things here and what we can kind of read into what the season's going to look like. So there you go. Get you set for the game tonight. Enjoy it if you're going to be in the Smoothie King Center. I'm going to be there. I can't wait. Then be racing here right after to be able to recap the game for you and talk about what we saw in tomorrow's show. So that's going to do it for the Wednesday edition of Locked On NBA. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.